0: What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Have a fun episode today. I was joined by Lance Crissel, Colorado State superfan. If you're active on social media and you're a CSU guy, uh, you're probably aware of Lance. He's the the person behind the CSU to Power Five Uh, social media channels on Facebook and Twitter. bvp for mvp on Twitter is his user, father of Bryce Crystal, the adorable uh, little Rams fan that has kind of captured the hearts of pretty much all of Ram Nation, so it was really fun to to have Lance on. He's a guy that I've been friends with for a couple of years now, and he's just, he's so dedicated, so passionate about CSU, you know, he's he's amongst that kind of elite group of, of super fans, so... It was just kind of fun to get him on. He he took part in the discussion with Steve Adazio and Joe Parker. They did like a virtual thing for Ram Club members this week. And so we got kind of some insight into what kind of what they talked about in that. And then I just went through a lot of things with Lance as far as like talking about uniforms, talking about recruiting, talking about, you know, the CSU and the path to the power five, all of that stuff. Uh, over and under, we we really went over a ton of stuff. So, really, really appreciate him for coming on. It's actually his anniversary today. So he was doing me a big favor. Had a guest cancel at the last moment. Lance was able to hop in and save the day. Big shout out to him. Before we jump into that interview, though, I got to talk about DraftKings Sportsbook and everything they've got going on this weekend. Golf is back. That's right. We have a full weekend of golf ahead of us, and even though the trophy is reserved for the winner. The big cash winnings don't have to be. To add to the excitement, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Doesn't get any closer to a major than this with all the heavy hitters taking the course. and DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to get all of your bets in for this weekend's tournament. Head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including player props, day-by-day action, and even hole-by-hole live betting. That's a lot of fun. I did that on the Peyton Manning live match. Made a little bit of moolah. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. Don't have to worry about your funds. And if if you're still not sold, which I don't know how you're not, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering special odds boosts and promotions throughout the weekend. You don't want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to one thousand dollars. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Just enter the code DNVR when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Joining me today, we've got Colorado State super fan, Lance Crystal.
1: Lance, hey, what's hey. up, my dude? How are we doing, buddy?
0: You know, I'm just I'm just taking it day by day. Uh, following all the news, obviously, but it looks like we're going to have some college football this fall. It seems like the schools are kind of heading in that direction. So something, something to be excited about.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, I was on a, a Ram Club town hall meeting yesterday. And of course you know, Ram club members could ask a bunch of questions and that was probably the most asked question is, are we going to have a college football season or a college fall season in general, uh, volleyball included. And, you know, Joe Parker did a good job kind of outlining what at least the mountain West is thinking as far as that. And then, you know, not only you know, nationwide thing, but just Colorado, you know, itself, can we, can we get this up and running and are the California schools going to join us? And, you know, it sounds like it's a fluid situation, like the last four months have been across our country. But um, you know, it seems promising, and I know he did mention they already kind of have a plan in place for, you know, let's say fifty percent capacity can come watch a game, and uh, you know, so I think it was his opportunity to uh, uh, sell season tickets as well because he said their number one priority will be anybody that has a season ticket. It's looking good; like you're going to be able to attend. So those people who just want to buy the, the CU game, you know, cause it's going to be a big one. It looks like you may need to get season tickets in order to to show up for that as well. So we'll see. I'm excited though.
0: Interesting. So it sounds like Joe Parker at this point is, is fairly optimistic that there's going to be, you know, football and, and some fans in the stand, probably not a packed stadium, but it sounds like at least some Ram fans.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think we'd all take that, right. You know, those people who are willing and comfortable enough to go and, more than likely wear a mask. And it sounds like kind of the, the setup, you know, I'm sure it's a difficult situation, but even more so would be kind of the food operations and how do you get, you know, people want to buy food and packaged and just keep everyone safe. And you know, you know the staff over there at CSU at Doug Max and everybody. I'm sure they're on top of it. And when it's finally a go, I'm sure they'll they'll be ready. And uh, you know, yeah, it's just gonna be kind of spacing people out and making people comfortable. And um if anything, it sounds like you know, like coach Steve Dazio, like he, he's pushing Joe to kind of be that spearhead and like, Hey, let's go. I'm, I'm ready. You know, and it was kind of funny on the call yesterday. All the coaches were like, you know, very professional. They want to keep things safe, especially their players, but man, it's it's go time. So we'll see.
0: I, you know, I've talked about it on the podcast. These guys are going to be lifting and stuff throughout the summer. It just makes a lot more sense for it to be in a controlled environment CSU, where obviously you know that the sanitation processes are going to be top of the line rather than like, you know, I don't want declan Jackson working out at a Planet Fitness in, in yeah. Florida. Like, who knows how sanitary right. that is?
1: Oh, absolutely. And they, they mentioned that as well, that they have a whole plan in place of um kind of moving, of course, you know, the the new we have the best facilities in the mountain west, um, if not most of the nation. And now they kind of have this new plan in place for taking a lot of it outside just so they don't have to worry about air circulation and cleaning, you know, of course they'll clean the equipment, but moving a lot of that equipment that can be moved outside and they have, you know, the space to do that. And so they're in in places to, uh, you know, get the athletes, keep them outside. The only reason they need to go inside for anything is if they needed something with the training room. Um, and then same with like their meals and, you know, you know, power-ups and things like that 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 would all be there pre-packaged. And so I, I, you know, I know people like Trey McBride, they've been working out nonstop, you know, in their garage and now he's, he's itching the, to get back. And I'm sure it's, especially for those guys, it's, it's a whole different ball game of, you know, working out in your garage compared to working out with a hundred other guys. You know, I'm sure they'd rather have that.
0: Outdoor workouts would be kind of old school. I kind of like that,
1: but. Old school, get hot. Yeah.
0: I wish uh, I wish the media got all these scoops. He, they're throwing out all <laughs> kinds of information for you guys on this call the other night. That's awesome.
1: I, I was going to say this could have this could have been a, a two to three part article for you. You know what's coming in the fall. So hopefully they they remain optimistic and and we're good.
0: You know, based on all my interactions with people from CSU, it seems like people are at least, like you said, you know, optimistic. Obviously, there's just so many unknowns at this point, but. You know, speaking of Joe Parker, he's obviously taken a lot of heat from the fans, mostly due to the Bobo extension. And then obviously he kind of takes some of the blame for the general lack of football success and some of the other, you know, stuff that's happened with some of the other departments. But we've seen a lot of like graphics and stuff that talk about how he's actually been pretty successful from an athletic director's standpoint. Obviously, like financially, they're doing pretty well, especially given the circumstances but you have kind of a unique relationship with him, given that you've gotten to participate in some of these more like exclusive fan interactions with coaches, with the, with people, the department, what is your opinion on Joe Parker? And in particular, like how he's handled interacting with the CSU community?
1: That's a great question. And, you know, I've always been, uh, team Joe Parker all the way. And, you know, a lot of people I'm sure will just be like, well, you know, you've gotten to know him, you've created a a bond of friendship. And so of course, you're going to defend your guy. And I get that. And I get that point of view. Um, You know, I was especially after during college and after college, I always thought how cool would it be to be kind of in that, you know, sports administration and, and, you know, with my education background and business side, that seems like something I'd always would enjoy. After talking to Joe and getting to know him the last five, six years, man, I'm glad I'm not you know, in uh, sports athletics, um, college, especially, it's a tough job. You know, it really is. And you can't make everyone happy. And you always have to say the right thing. And, you know, a lot of the times you can never fully express your opinion and your belief. And you always kind of you have to remember, you know, there's a board of governors, and you got a president, you got your fans, you got your coaches. And so I think Joe Parker has done a fabulous job. I think everyone will give him the utmost, you know, credit for his scheduling philosophy. Um, you know, we've never had SEC schools and Pac-12 schools coming in, not only to Canvas Stadium but to Moby. And you know, I, so I know that's always kind of what he'll be known for. And then, as you said, a lot of people though kind of dismiss that because they see, you know, the situation with, you know, first it was Eustachie, and then kind of the downfall of Bubbo. And you know, I think a lot of people especially like on Twitter and whatnot, you know, they they wanted to know why didn't Joe jump the gun maybe a a year, if not two years earlier than he finally did with, with Mike. And I never really fell into that category. I was kind of in that gray area of like, you know, I, I really appreciated what coach Bobo and especially like Joe Cox did at CSU. The wins weren't there, but you know, personality wise and, and their beliefs, I I truly appreciate that in them. Um, but for Parker, you know, I was in that gray area of, of what to do because the wins weren't there. And we all know college athletics, the only way, especially football, you survive is to have wins. And um, and it wasn't until I got to sit down with Joe and a couple of the Ram Club uh, boosters where, you know, of course, we we kept it a secret. You know, kind of some of the things behind the scenes, um, but just one kind of the timeline of events, what truly went down um, and just kind of the the progress of it all. And, you know, what people only saw, you know, was posted on Twitter or the media or whatever. And so just to kind of see that backstory and kind of his thoughts and um, especially the hiring of the new coach as well, you know, that's not what it, how it was perceived, I guess. And so I truly appreciated how he handled it. I thought it was very professional. And, um, and so I, I wish, you know, he comes across as kind of just that very, Quiet, you know, no enthusiasm type of guy, a lot of times in interviews. But that's not the case at all when you when you get to know him in one-on-one. And and I wish more people could see that. And he's always stated, hey, if anyone ever wants to have a meeting with me, he invites them to the office, he'll invite you out to lunch. Like he is a personable guy. You just need to reach out. And so that's what I always tell fans, people who are like, Oh, Joe Parker, this, Joe Parker that. So give him a call. You know, you, you can get some good insight just by face-to-face meeting with
0: him. You know what's funny is it it, kind of reminds me of like the grass isn't always greener with some people like wanting him gone. I mean, I was actually looking through the, through the record books and he's one of the longer tenured CSU athletic directors of the last like 30, 40 years. So he does deserve a lot of credit for the scheduling, for the naming rights. If Adazio ends up being a great hire, he's going to get a lot of the credit for that. So I think like Joe Parker's legacy is definitely still being written and and still being defined at CSU. But I appreciate that inside perspective just on somebody that's, I mean, quite frankly, you've probably gotten to know him better than I, like I, I know Joe Parker, but the athletic department and media relationship is always going to be very different. Like he's always been very respectful, very kind to me. I think that I've shown him that same respect, but it's just obviously not going to be the same as, as a relationship that he's developed with you. And that's, and that's pretty cool.
1: I, uh, you're, you're spot on, you know, it's, how are we all going to be defined? And in somebody with his position, it's going to be, you know, success on the field and coaches hired and, you know, the season ticket holders who buy in and things like that. And, you know, those are some big expectations and you're right though. I think home run higher with Nico, you know, and then most CSU basketball fans, especially, I think really feel that way. And, um, and after hearing Adazio speak yesterday and when he was first hired, I think I think it's a great hire and I'm excited for it. And not only as him of a, a head coach, but some of the assistants he's brought in too. I mean, it looks like a nice group of coaches that are, will be leading us. And so we'll see. Definitely.
0: I think, I think Adazio has done a good job of at least getting people excited. Like obviously at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to does the team win? Like the recruiting excitement is great. The speeches that he's given have all been great, but you know, if they go out and they win six games over the next two years or something like, people are going to be just as pissed. Um, I agree about Nico. Obviously, great hire on the basketball side. If, if you're going to criticize anything in that process, it's that they hired a search firm, and like everybody in the world would have been like, interview Nico, interview Craig Smith, you know, interview a couple of other candidates. You didn't need to waste the money. But I'm also not going to criticize them for doing their due diligence and and going out and trying to get extra input. But I did want to ask you about the, the CSU to power five stuff. Cause you were obviously behind all of that, a really big movement. Uh, the CSU to big 12 talk has died down over the last four years or so. But I think like deep in, in Ram nation's heart, it's, it's where they want to be. You know, wh- what are your thoughts on this? Do you think there's a road to the power five for CSU?
1: Yeah. Um, so, talk about before the stadium was built. Like this was my life, and so just to kind of give you a backstory of it. So, I had a buddy who was working, of course, in the athletic department. This was about was about five, six years ago. So, after our 2014, you know, amazing season, the 10 to three season it didn't end the way we wanted, but man, that really brought you know CSU, I feel like, back on the map for football, and fans were there, they were excited, and I had a buddy in the department who, you know, of course, there was a lot of hearsay and just, you know, talk, talking over a beer or whatever. But he's like, you know, the Big 12's looking to expand. And they've kind of trickled that out there. It's been rumored, it's been released. And he goes, CSU's interested. And the Big 12 has that mutual interest. And he listed about eight other teams. I think, you know, it was BYU, UConn, um, gosh, who else? SMU, Houston, UCF, Boise, U. yeah. You know, th- that kind of group. And it sounded like Big 12 was looking to add two people. And, you know, come to find out then, maybe two or three years after this initial discussion, you know, CSU did submit kind of their portfolio or whatever to the Big 12 along with these other schools. And, you know, the Big 12 decided not to expand and they were waiting for a new TV contract and whatnot. Um, But when that kind of got, you know, talked about with me, he said the Big 12 right now, as far as CSU, they need three things to kind of happen. And one, the first thing was our season ticket holders at that time. It was starting to rise because of the the great football season, but we needed to almost like double the amount of season ticket holders. You know, go from that eight to ten thousand range to about fifteen fifteen to twenty thousand. So thought to myself, okay, you know, can't really do much about that. You know, that's going to be all athletic department and just boosters being like, hey, you know, join in and that sort of thing. And then the second thing though was. they wanted a new stadium, and we knew that was kind of in the works with Jack Graham. I was on this uh, Be Bold group. I don't know if you remember that. You know, there were a couple of us. We made T-shirts, um, flyers. We went onto campus because if you remember that far back, the students back then they weren't they weren't too sure about a new stadium on campus. You know, the construction and where their student fees going to go up.
0: Some and- still aren't
1: right and there's still that group you know of well now the football team's not winning look what we just bought and you know so our focus was kind of okay let's let's be bold let's build this new stadium um you know we really pushed that and and that kind of got going at least from the fans point of view I know Jack Graham really appreciated that and then when Joe Parker took over um he really kind of asked us to step up and come to these meetings and talk and you know it was it was a good time it, a lot of hostility from other sides, but that's, that's what makes college athletics passionate, right? So then um, after the stadium kind of got approved and get, got going, the third thing that the Big 12 was looking at was, you know, and I always kind of find, I don't find this hard to believe but at the same time I do, is that the power of social media. And they were like, you know, CSU, do the, do the fans show up on Twitter? Do they show up on Facebook? Are they retweeting? You know, what's the school social media game? And I thought that's really where I could kind of leave my mark and and spearhead that. So I decided once this rumor came out, as I said, about five years ago, let's create a CSU to Big 12 Facebook page. And any article I could find um, kind of rumored with CSU, just things about our demographics, our enrollment, our tourism, um, you know, our funding, our leadership, anything I could just kind of put together, I started Putting on this the CSU to Big Twelve page, and uh, within five days there were about two thousand page followers, and um, and now there's, we're up to about five thousand. And you know now that the Big Twelve said we're not going to expand, I changed the name to CSU to Power Five because let's be honest, we would take any Power Five. You know whether it be the Pack or gosh, some people even dream about like the Big Ten. Um, and so now it's just you know there's no there's no rumors, I guess, really anymore about expansion because everyone's waiting on these TV contracts and seeing where we're going to go. And so now the page is just kind of turned into, you know, let's, let's keep the momentum going and let's have a real powerful social media, you know, page where I can post a lot of things from volleyball, basketball, football. And, and, uh, you know, even when guys and girls go, you know, into professional careers, you know, post things about that. And, uh, for the most part, you know, people have been really receptive of it, and it it gets great engagement and interaction. And so, you know, it's something. that Hopefully, someday we can change the title to CSU in the Big Twelve or CSU in the Pac Twelve. I personally, I think we fit in the Big Twelve the best. Um, I know people would like to see us go to the Pac with CU and just, let's see you in Utah and whatnot, but um, I, I would take any Power Five conference because, let's be honest, the the gap just gets bigger and bigger every year, does it not?
0: No, absolutely. Between P5
1: and, and G five, you know, it's like when that first was thrown out there, like, man, these Matt and West conference and the Sun Belt and the, you know, the AAC, like it used to be like, is it really gonna be that much different? And and it slowly if surely is is becoming quite a big gap.
0: You know what's funny is like a lot of the things you talked about. When I was a, a freshman in public speaking 101 with Professor Kurt North. Shout out to Kurt North. I think he's still a professor at CSU. But um I Gotta
1: did shout a shout out to those teachers. I appreciate that.
0: Exactly. He was great, man. Yeah. He's also a football coach at Fossil Ridge, I believe. But um I gave a speech about like how why CSU needed an on-campus stadium. This was like the fall of 2013. And it was just like a lot of the reasons you listed. It was like, we're ever going to get out of the dang Mountain West. And, you know, I talked about Utah and TCU and then Fort Collins. Basically, like all these things you said and everyone in the class was just like, yeah, dude, whatever. But (laughs) I got an A on the speech, so I'm going to take credit. And the next year, I did a feasibility report on like why Colorado State logistically, it would make sense, why they could fit into the Big 12. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: It was like a pretty big project. A lot of work went into it. I should... I should like go edit it and then publish it now just to show people. But
1: um... yeah, change, change the numbers and how things have changed in the last five years. And I guarantee you what you found back then, it is still probably you a know, perfect piece of the puzzle now. Like it, it's everything's there. The new stadiums, there Our enrollments about to be 35,000. Our facilities are better than half of the big 12 facilities. Um, you academically, know, just, you
0: you square up with not the top half. The top half of the Big 12 is pretty impressive academically, but you're mm-hmm. definitely not in the bottom.
1: No, yeah. I mean, I think we match up perfectly with like Kansas State and Iowa State, right? I mean, they're sister schools. And, you know, I, I just think that I don't know what it's going to take. I think it's going to have, of course, winning. I mean, not only basketball and football, but winning is going to get, you know, kind of an attraction. And then just I think a lot of the times it needs to go in pairs and who would be that, you know, other perfect school to kind of join, you know, with us. And is there a right fit there? And so we'll see, maybe, maybe CU would leave the pack and want to rejoin the, the big 12 with us. I don't know. You know, so.
0: I don't think that one's going to happen. Cause you see him bragging all the time about how it was like better financially and all that, but. I, oh, yeah. I don't know. I'd love to see CSU and BYU in the same conference again, but I think that's just because I'm nostalgic for like some of those shootouts. From, I mean, I got to see them in the early 2000s, but there've been 50 years of them, so I just think it would be fun to have that like rivalry reignited. the The problem with BYU, obviously, is they have their own TV network, and it's would they give it up? And yeah, I think the Big 12 already dealt with that with Texas. I don't know if they would want that headache of like, oh, now we have to appease another school that feels like it's better than everyone else.
1: Right. And I think, you know, when doing my research a couple of years back for this, I think BYU was the perfect option. And, and a lot of the articles that, you know, BYU really, um, they were the ones that kind of like, we want the big 12. You know, they, there are a million articles out there on BYU boosters saying we want back into a conference. We want into the big 12. And a lot of those articles said CSU would be the perfect match to come with us. And, you know, so that kind of got me excited because, as you said, oh, man, BYU fans used to be some of my least favorite people. I mean, oh, my God. And a lot of it was because they beat us. And a lot of it was, you know, you'd go to Hughes and they fill up not only the entire visitor section, but it would be they take a couple sections. You know, their fans travel so well and they're so passionate. And and so that's, you know, especially basketball too. the Jimmer for days, like they would be so loud in Moby you know and so of course you're going to kind of hate a school like that but when you think about it i think BYU and CSU to the Big 12 if BYU which i do remember saying they'd be willing to work around their tv kind of deal um i don't know if it's as successful now especially with cable you know kind of being downhill yeah. i think a lot of people you know are doing all these hulu and netflix and whatnot and so um i think they're kind of willing to to let go of that a little bit and i don't know if they're willing to let go of the idea of not playing on Sundays, you know, for, for baseball, especially. Cause I know a lot of baseball is, you know, Saturday and Sunday games. So, um, I don't know, hopefully the dream's still alive. Hasn't been discussed in a couple of years, but we'll see.
0: It's funny, BYU and like Utah state, those are like two schools that I don't think get a lot of love nationally in terms of fan bases, but they're like two of the rowdier fan bases that I've experienced. Both of those I thought were even rowdier than like the university of Utah.
1: I g- agreed. I mean, they definitely love their college athletics in, in Utah and the state, for sure.
0: So like branching off of that, you've obviously experienced a lot of Mountain West cities. You've gone on a lot of road trips. You know, I've seen you at some of these road trips, most recently uh, the Mountain West Tournament and Duke and, and all the fun places that you've been. I'm curious, from a, from a Mountain West perspective, what is your favorite conference city to attend and why?
1: Yeah. Let's see. So Matt and West. So I had to write down kind of all, I think it, I think it falls into two categories and I can admit that I've never, um, gone to like an away CSU volleyball game or a softball game. And I guess if I was truly a, a great rain fan, I should probably make one of those trips. Olivia Nicholson would be upset that I haven't, you know, that gone time to an away still. Game, right? that's right. That's right. Um, so kind of breaking it up, you know, football and basketball, so for football, let's see, I in Mountain West, I have been to San Jose State, uh, Wyoming Air Force in New Mexico. And uh, San Jose State's a joke. Yeah, um, it's,
0: it's terrible.
1: The only nice thing about that was, like, you, you literally did feel like it, it wasn't a ram home game per se, because there weren't that many CSU fans there, but you kind of walk in and you don't need to worry about anybody giving you a hard time and you can spread out and get as close to the field as you want and cheer on your guys. So that's the one good thing about that. I suppose, uh, you know, Wyoming's Wyoming, it's, it's, it's all they have there. And I think the stadium's kind of crappy and, you know, I think the only reason I kind of stopped going to Wyoming is because every time we'd go up there, I'd expect a win. And so then when we wouldn't win, it would be not only did we lose to Wyoming, but it's freezing cold and then you have to drive unsafely back home. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm done going up the Laramie. Um, Air Force Academy, I have to be honest, out out of our three biggest rivals, Wyoming, CU, and Air Force, the Air Force Academy bothers me more than the other two schools. And I know there's a couple other people that fall into this boat with me. Dude, it's a um, total
0: generational thing.
1: Yeah. I was going to say it has to be, and it's just never a great experience at either of their stadiums. Um, the cadets, it's just, I hate air force. And so, um, you know, I kind of stopped going down there as well. New Mexico is always a great time. I mean, we usually win when we go there. I don't know how many times we've beat them in a row now. 10 maybe. 10. Okay. Let's keep it going. Knock on wood. Um, but they, you know, they have a nice, easy to get to stadium, you know, and it's not bad. And of course, then not only have I gone there for a couple of regular season games, but then the three New Mexico bowls and those have been, you know, at least two out of the three have been some of our shining moments for, for CSU football. So um, those are the four that I've been to. Uh, So I'd say New Mexico is probably Albuquerque is just a quick drive, a fun town. Um, I've been, you know, I've been to San Diego for the bowl game. Um, San Diego, I just, I I don't consider it a college town really. It's definitely
0: not. I've actually never been there. I'm I'm, that's why I'm hoping that I get to travel this year. Just, I don't really know how any of that's going to work, but I was excited to get to go there for the San Diego state game.
1: Right. Well, and I think I know they're building the stadium. And actually last year when, um, I was down kind of in that OCR, there were a couple of guys from San Diego state there and they were there purely to see kind of our setup of our new stadium and, um, just kind of the, the VIP areas and then the open concourses and the tailgate. And so I got a chance to talk with them and it sounds like their state, their new stadium is going to be a lot like ours. And so I think if they get that built, that'll make it feel more like a college experience.
0: It'll definitely be big for them. Yeah. They, they actually came out to Fort Collins multiple times, uh, like the San Diego state athletic director, I just like ran into him in passing one time on campus. So it was super random. The only reason I knew who it was is because I met him at the mountain West basketball tournament. Sure. But I like ran into him outside the scene. I was like, what are you doing here? And he's like, Oh, I got a meeting with Joe Parker and we're going over all this stuff. So it's funny that yeah. you bring all that up. Uh, from a, from a non mountain West perspective, what's been your favorite trip?
1: Yeah. So I've gone, um, I, when we've played Cal Berkeley, I've been to Minnesota, uh, USC, and then um, more recently, Alabama and then Florida. And then this year, you know, a group of us were going to go to Vanderbilt. Um, that was the trip you know, I
0: was most looking forward to this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was going to be, you know, my questions for Joe is just what's the likelihood of us still playing there? And of course, we'll see. Um, out of those, I wasn't a big fan of Cal Berkeley. It reminded me too much of Boulder. Um, and of course, you know, and even their fans, it was like, and this was, This was the three and nine years of Fairchild that we went. And I was like, you guys are talking crap to us. You know you're going to beat us. And they beat us like 44 to 7. And yet, as we're leaving the stadium, we're just getting harassed. And it's like, okay, you know, it didn't leave a good... Maybe it's because we beat them prior with Van Pelt. They still had some hard feelings towards us. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Cal was the town san francisco's you know enjoyable so that's always kind of a good road trip minnesota's fantastic um i've always enjoyed going to minneapolis the fans are awesome the tailgate scene up there is is incredible the new their new stadium which we you know used to kind of create ours as well um it's a great it's a great stadium, so I've always liked going up there and seeing CSU play the Gophers, uh, USC. There's just you know tradition and history around that. Even though we lost, forty eight or forty four to zero, whatever it was, it was just really cool to see us play the Trojans. Um, god, I the still more remember recent-
0: that game. I watched that on TV with my dad. It was like what two thousand four because it was yeah, the Matt Liner yep. team. So, but oh my oh, god,
1: they were incredible. I mean, they wanted to win the national championship, but like even CSU, even that team. Like they were good, like Joel Drisen and David Anderson. Yeah, um, there was a
0: lot of talent. They just they just couldn't. I mean, that's one of the greatest college football teams of all right? time.
1: And it sucked too because I think it was like maybe it was a regional ABC, but it was like an ABC. Oh yeah, it was like,
0: ABC primetime, yeah. like six or seven PM. Because I was so stoked because it never happened in my entire life. Like CSU yeah. primetime ABC, and then it was just like thirty to zero so fast, yeah. and it was just like
1: oh well, my, laying yeah. an egg, but. Experience was fun. Um, I think you know there's a lot more college football stadiums I'd like to get to, but by far, a million times to none, Alabama's been my best experience. And again, they probably didn't see CSU as a threat, even though the year we played them, we scored we scored more points on them than anyone else. I think up until the SEC championship game.
0: Yeah, 2017, the entire regular season, CSU put the most points on Alabama. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you got to get those small moral victories, right? But just going to Tuscaloosa um, and being a history teacher, you know, I'd never been to Alabama in the South. And so just seeing that was kind of awe inspiring to me. And, you know, I kind of really dive into the culture and just the history and tradition of that place. And um, the fans were extremely welcoming. I mean, we couldn't walk more than a block without getting stopped, of people passing out beers and, hey, come tell us about Fort Collins and about CSU. And, you know, it wasn't just, let us tell you about how great Alabama is. You know, they wanted to know about our football team. They wanted to know about Colorado. And and it was just a really welcoming experience. And uh, so Alabama is definitely on top of my list. I had the exact opposite experience at Florida. I was thinking that the Gainesville would be the same and the fans would be the same and the pride and traditions there. But man, uh, the fans were not very welcoming. Um, Gainesville, the town itself, just was like, meh. You know, and so I was, I was a little disappointed in the Florida trip. It was cool to be in the swamp, man. It's hot. Like it's, it's just hot and humid. And, and Bryce and I, Bryce, you know, even as a little kid, usually they're pretty good, but he's like, It's just too hot here. So, um, no, I'd, I'd say out of all the away Alabama has been the best, but I've heard great things about Nashville and Vanderbilt. So fingers crossed. We get to go there this year.
0: Yeah, I think Bama is probably, I mean, for me, obviously being an Alabama fan and like a CSU student at the time of that 2017 game, it was just like the clash of both worlds and then getting to go on the field and stuff. Like I got to take a picture uh, with Jake Bennett, who I went to high school with and grew up with. So it was just like kind of a cool moment. Like what weird, like I remember playing sports at Schaefer Athletic Complex in Lakewood and now we're standing on in Bryant Denny with a hundred thousand people around us, but
1: Yeah, the most iconic kind of football stadium, or at least top three, you know, and and here you are, kids from Bear Creek, Lakewood, Colorado, now in Tuscaloosa, you know, doing things, big things for the Rams.
0: All right, we'll hop right back into that interview in just a second. But first, let me talk about my friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge is, of course, the official beer of DNVR. I've been repping Breck since... Well, I was about 19 years old. Don't tell the police that, but that was when I had my first avalanche ale. I actually remember the exact moment I had my first avalanche ale. It was in my buddy Alex's backyard. We were 19 years old. We were about to be freshmen in college. We were hanging out. It was the summer after we graduated from high school, and we popped open a couple of cold ones just chilling in his backyard. Really great memory. I mean, all these years later, I still remember it. Uh, Right now, you can get the 15 can sampler delivered right to your door through Davidson's. Davidson's the most convenient app on the market, especially if you're out there in the Denver metro area. They've got different deals on there. Really, just a great way to do it. But the 15 can sampler is just your best bet for variety. You can get a little bit of Avalanche Ale, a little bit of Strawberry Sky, a little bit of Hot Peak IPA. Just mix it up a little bit. Variety is the spice of life. So much love for Breckenridge. If you can't get it delivered, Buy it at your local liquor store. Go hit up the farmhouse. All those great things. Break rules. And that game was kind of like the first time for CSU that we got for CSU fans that everybody got to see. This Warren Jackson guy is pretty dang good. Moss and two Alabama yeah. DBs, both of which are in the NFL now. You know, I I don't normally like seeing Alabama DBs get just absolutely beasted like that. Right but it was pretty great to see Warren and now just like thinking back to it, it's kind of a a fun little memory. I'm curious, what are your expectations for CSU football this year? Are you, are you feeling confident, especially given that guys like Warren decided to return?
1: Sure. And I'm going to go back to your comment about Warren Jackson real quick. Anything, you know, I've been to so many away games and not for, for football and basketball. My biggest thing is, the trip is worth it and it is made if I'm going into halftime feeling like we got a chance to win. You know, there's nothing worse than like, oh crap. By halftime it's like, do we stay? Do we go? Of course we stay, we're Ram fans, but um, you know, th- there's nothing worse than that. So Warren Jackson getting that touchdown right before halftime. And I don't remember what the score was. It was like 17 to 10. I mean, it was within one score, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: unfortunately, then they they immediately gave like Alabama went right down the field and scored right. again before halftime to make it a two-score game again. But, you know, like you said, they, they were in it. And, and Bama right. fans, we they it. were sweating yeah. a little bit.
1: They were. they, were. And even, you know, Nick Saban's criticized Bama fans for leaving. I mean, it was a hot night. Like, it was hot and humid. I have so never hot. sweat. Yeah, I had to change before the game. (laughs) (laughs) Their their fans, you could tell. There was especially going down and and getting something to eat. They were a little anxious. It was not the blowout they expected, and so um, that's probably why the trip was worth it as well. And then you know, yeah, you're right. the The third quarter came out, and then the fourth quarter we kind of bounced back and we scored late, and it looked a lot better, you know, on paper. And so, um, yes, but to kind of circle around, I saw that Warren Jack uh, Jackson, you know, kind of said with the, the personnel and the new coaches put into place and the players that are returning, you know, why not CSU for 2020 Mountain West champs? And, you know, I've always kind of fallen into the trap of every year. Oh, I could see it being a nine and three, and <laughs> two year, you know, um, that's what being a you, fan
0: is about. If you're, if, if every right. year you go in thinking we're going to be absolutely trash, like that, you can't sustain that forever.
1: Right it's not enjoyable, right? Why even, I guess some people like to thrive in negativity, but I've just always been that optimistic fan. And, and I think a lot of it too, is when you put so much time and commitment into your school and into your team and getting not only just financially, but getting to know these people and getting to know these players, um, you know, it's kind of your heart and soul. And so I always like to have that positive outlook. Um, I think though, that this year, this schedule, you know, that non-conference schedule, it's tough, and whether is supposed to be bad or not, that game's always going to be a tough game, right?
0: Especially like so, if you lose aspects of the home field advantage that you would have had in a you know, packed canvas stadium, 42,000 people, most of which would have been exactly. Ram fans.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so that game, I, I know the line's like one and a half. That, uh, that'll be a toss-up, but I do expect... CSU to win that game. I think it's going to be similar too. to the Oregon Honestly, State like, game. I'll put it out yeah. there
0: right now. I and I, I said it with Henry. I have I feel better if you're a CSU fan. I think you should feel better going into this showdown than you have in a long time. Just given the talent CSU has and given everything that happened at Boulder, Carl Durrell, they don't really have a quarterback. Yep. They're losing. Yeah, guys. Exactly.
1: Yeah, they're losing tons of guys in big-time transfers. They thought they were going to come in. You know, They're leaving the team. So Um, I agree. I think, I think we come in and I think we win that game similar to Oregon state. I think the fans that are there will be loud and rowdy and excited. And I think hopefully the team can feed off, you know, feed off that. But then, you know, there's Oregon state, there's Vanderbilt and then UNC, and that's kind of the non-conference. And so in years past, you know, I've been like, okay, we can win these non-conference games. And then that's really going to propel us through the mountain West. And that hasn't really happened. Right. Maybe we win a a non-conference game or two, and like a couple years ago when we beat Arkansas, I was like, "All right, this momentum is going to take us, and we're going to be awesome in the Mountain West." And then we go three and nine. Um, Yeah, the funny
0: thing about the team that beat that Arkansas team is that's probably the worst CSU team of like the last ten years. Right. I know Preston was a beast. There was some talent. It's not like they were completely inept, but yeah, just like as a whole, it was not a very talented team.
1: Right, right. And, and so I have a a kind of a different outlook is that, you know, if we struggle through the kind of the non-conference, especially being away at Oregon State and at Vanderbilt, like that, that actually might be okay for me. Like if we struggle and, and it seems like Adazio has that mentality of like going through the struggles together, you know, leaning on one another and really kind of building that bond and not letting them, you know, fall. And, and, he hasn't done anything for me to believe that, besides me just watching a couple of his, you know, speeches and whatnot. But I think he really is that true rah rah guy that, you know, we don't we don't let one loss ruin our season. And so I feel like if we go, you know, let's say we go two and two non conference UNC and CU, we win those two. I, I truly do think that this is a team that can learn from playing those three power five schools and come back and and take the Mountain West. I. You know, I wish Boise State was at home again because we always play them a lot better at Canvas. Um, but the rest of the schedule kind of matches up, you know, pretty favorably. And so, you know, if we can get the the ball rolling, especially October, October is there, there's a four game stretch there where, um, you know, we win those four in a row. November is tough, but um, I could see, I could see CSU as long as the offensive line comes together, they protect O'Brien. He's got all the weapons. I mean, that guy has the best receiving of course, I'm biased, but he has the best tight end in the Mountain West. Um, you know, running backs. We're going to have a running back by committee, whatever that may be. That's okay because Adazio's. Right, he's going to lean on those guys, and we're going to run the ball a hell of a lot more, and you know, just pound the rock. And so, um, I'm excited, and I just I, I hope that um, the team comes together and kind of believes what he what he's preaching.
0: I don't know why, but. I feel like that Vanderbilt game's really winnable. Maybe it's oh. just maybe I'm just over like hyping it because they've been bad. Like it's obviously still SEC athletes. You're on the road, first year staff. Every like there are a lot of factors that I think like Vanderbilt's going to be favored by a couple of points, maybe a touchdown. But I don't know. I just I I watched them a couple of times last year. They lost to UNLV. Yeah.
1: Oh, I just and it wasn't I, even I close. Game,
0: no, they, UNLV kicked yeah. their ass.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I'm with you. Like, again, it's one of those road trips, you know, please make it, you know, kind of worth don't get it.
0: too cocky. Don't get like, don't, don't go in there being like, right. we got this. They're going to take down an SEC team. But especially if you play well against CU at home, Yeah. You know, we'll see how that Oregon state trip goes. But if you've got some juice going into it, we'll see. Yep. I don't know. I think it's winnable.
1: I'm with you. And I think that was kind of the, the fault of last year's team and who am I to speak? I mean, I don't know their mindset of going into that game, but I think, you know, two years ago, they're like, Hey, we beat Arkansas. They're the same team. Pretty much. We should go in to Fayetteville and beat them again. Well, you know, that didn't really happen. Uh, what Arkansas did have was, you know, that, that stadium, whether they're two and 10 or 10 and two, they have fans. I mean, they have that home field advantage and oh, the yeah. whole picks thing, you know? And so my, favorable kind of outlook on that Vanderbilt game is out of any SEC school to go into where they don't have that crowd support. And, you know, even looking on the Vanderbilt games on TV, anytime any SEC school comes in, you're almost like, wait a second, are they playing at Kentucky or are they playing at Old Miss? No, they're playing in Nashville. So that could be the one thing where it's like, okay, Vanderbilt's not very good. And we can kind of build that momentum and their, their crowd can't get them back into it.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite memes is actually from a, a Vanderbilt game where it's just like a sad Vanderbilt student sitting by himself and it shows the score and it's like <laughs> Alabama, like 56, zero or something like that.
1: Yeah. But oh yeah, know,
0: that's a great point. They're, they don't, it's not like a college football town per se Vander or Nashville is I've never been there, but based on what I know about it, it's supposed to be like a really fun place, but I don't think yeah. anybody views it, you know, like a Tuscaloosa or it's not like going to Death Valley right. or Ole Miss or Tennessee or any of those other places.
1: Right. And I think, you know, Ram fans, uh, you know, a lot of people like to kind of bash, you know, Ram fans, there's a lot of them, but there's only, you know, a lot of people always say there's a, a very, very dedicated group. You know that go to all the away games, and and I'll admit, yeah, the majority of people that I see at away games or at booster events, it's the same people, and I get that, and I'm trying to help expand that. Um,
0: you got to win, but though, they to do be travel. Honest.
1: Yes, I was going to say winning solves everything, right? Um, but they do travel well when there's kind of some excitement. You know, the Tuscaloosa, the Gainesville, Fayetteville last year like Ram fans will travel. And so especially being that Nashville, you know, I heard Nashville is kind of the new, it may take over Vegas as far as like bachelor and bachelorette parties. And like, it's that just new up and coming fun town and the, you know, the country row and the strip and whatever. Um, And so I've heard from, you know, especially our group, it's pretty big. And then um, a lot of other people are like, that's, that's the trip I'm going to make. If they had to pick between Oregon State and Vanderbilt, I think a lot of people are going to do that Vanderbilt trip. So
0: Oh, definitely. And it's just like cheaper. It's a lot more affordable to get and stay in Nashville. Corvallis, just like looking at it, even from like the media perspective, I was trying to figure out like what's the easiest way to do it. You got to fly in and then drive yeah. basically like a hundred miles, either way you do it. But um, yeah. I did want to ask you about helmets, obviously, because you're a big helmet guy. You're known for that on Twitter. You've got the replicas. Sure. People can't see it. Cause this is a podcast, but you got a bunch of helmets <laughs> behind you. Uh, I'm curious, oh, yeah. man. How do you do you feel like all of the the uniforms and the helmets have, have made a difference just given you've paid attention to all this stuff, you know, the recruiting and general just like swag. I don't know. Like I think I think CSU's gotten more attention. Like you've seen sport them on sports centers, stuff like that. Has it made an impact?
1: I think it has, but I'm also, you know, in that, you know, 35 to 40 range um, where a lot of other people my age, they don't. And I think the one thing I kind of have on my side is, you know, being a teacher, like you have to adapt to like the change in times. Like if I don't connect with my students, they're just going to see me as like some old history dork who likes CSU. Right. And so I really kind of, you know, you have to go along with kind of what they like and what they think and how they think. And so I athletes all the time are retweeting and posting and, you know, they use like the fire emoji and they're like, these are dope. And, you know, it's, they want to look good, play good. Right. And so the best thing CSU ever did was get out of Russell and then go with Under Armour. And, you know, I, numerous recruits have said, this is just one of the best, you know, maybe the uniform, not as much, but one of the best helmets, you know, and just all our variations that are in college football and, has it gained us, you know, wins? No. Um, has it gained us some high profile guys? Um, possibly.
0: What's your favorite helmet of all of the, of the current helmets? Sure.
1: That's a tough question. You know, so I've done, um, so I've done about 13 different custom CSU helmets and just different variations. And, you know, a lot of them, I of course sent over to Joe and I was like, Hey, this needs to be our next helmet. You know, what do you think? You you don't have to give me credit or anything. Just throw it out there. I think it would look sweet with this uniform combination and whatnot. Um, And i like to think some of them have been in coalition inspired by kind of my, my mock design. I don't know. Maybe. I know you had the Uh, bone
0: design first.
1: Yes. Yes. So that's, that's always been my favorite. So I guess right now there's a possibility of CSU having six different helmets. And I think, you know, my opinion is definitely not kind of the majority. I would put my least favorite number six, maybe this is majority as, as the gray helmet. Um, like, well, I I guess the uniform is gray and I wanted them to create a gray helmet with it, with the green bone horn. I think that would have just made, you know, it would have popped a little bit better. It, it, it just would have looked like it meshed well. Um, I guess they never actually really produced that helmet, just the jersey. But because of the way we lost that game with Wyoming and stuff, I'd say you know that would be my my least favorite helmet if they ever decided to bring that back. Um, but so, so let's go then. I guess to number five. I just did not like the homecoming helmet last year. Oh, this um, sucked. I like um,
0: like that logo is fine, but it just did not look good on a helmet at all. It was boring. It was. Uninspired. It was just.
1: Yeah. It it was a white helmet with a very small logo. And, um, you know, I, I created one where it was a matte green helmet and the way I was inspired by it was the Boise state idea where they took their logo and they still wear it today. And they filled up that entire side of the helmet with their logo. And so I have one like that, where it's just the CSU Ram head and it's just blown up and it's huge on the helmet. And it looks sweet, especially with the Ram head, you know, being white and then the green matte. um, So, I wish they would have done something like that for the homecoming. I get the idea. They wanted just that CSU logo. I just, I think it was too small and with a white background, I feel like it didn't pop very well.
0: And it was just easy. Like, I get it. You took the state pride helmets and you threw the decals on them. It was just a one game thing. Like, I doubt we'll ever see that look again, anyways, to be honest. Maybe they will. I don't.
1: And and you bring up a great
0: big reaction.
1: Yeah. I mean, you bring up a great point that here I am, you know designing and making these helmets at 300 bucks like this is a when you have to redo a hundred of them i mean this is a you have to have the money to do it yeah so,
0: thousands and thousands of dollars right
1: so i guess we should preface that um and then so my least favorite being the the homecoming logo and then i put the next one i put the traditional helmet um as my fourth favorite yeah i i, I love it I think it's been iconic through the years of college football. I think just the one thing, and especially having students who maybe don't follow, you know, college football or even, you know, they're too young and naive. Like I have CSU helmets, of course, in my classroom. And they're like, oh, you're a big fan of the Los Angeles Rams. And and, and they're like, well, why is it green? Why isn't it blue? And, you know, then to kind of tell that history, and unfortunately, I think a lot of just adults are probably the same way. It's like, are are you the NFL Rams or the college Rams, you know? Um, so I put that as my fourth favorite. My third favorite then, um, I just I love the bone horn. And so the white helmet with the green bone. Um I think they've kind of overworn it. I wish it would they wore it too more much of a,
0: last year. I think they wore it, it like four yeah. or five times last year. It was like, yeah, right, we get it. it.
1: Yeah. And I know it was players choice and they always say that's kind of their favorite. And I get it because it goes well. It goes well with a lot of different, you know, Jersey combinations, but, um, I, I wish they would limit the amount they'd wear it, but I think it looks good. I know they wore that the first time we played Marshall in the New Mexico bowl. And when they came out with those and we kind of saw it, or I saw it, you know, a day or two early, I'm like, man, we were going to go out and destroy Marshall with these helmets, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> but we didn't, but, um, they looked good. Just uh, hit Gallup
0: Stevens. Just hit him once.
1: That's I know, man, frustrating game. Um, my second favorite is the state pride. I think, um, you know, I've, I love the idea of the state pride. I love the Colorado flag. I think it was your, one of your designers that you talked about the the uniform combinations with for DNVR. Right. Um, and was it, yeah, was it, it was you or Eric or, um, you know, somebody that they weren't a big fan of the state pride and,
0: yeah, Eric doesn't like it because he just thinks Colorado's played the Colorado flag in general is like kind of lame and right. played
1: out. Oh, and I can agree with him on that. I even think of, uh, I, you know, I have a, a student whose parents own just a Colorado store in downtown Golden. Like they, that's their business. You know, anything they can put that Colorado flag logo into, you know, they do. And so, you know, people are definitely, you can't go anywhere without seeing it. Now I wish that state pride stuff could have incorporated the CSU logo a little more. Agreed. Um, Especially like in the Jersey
0: or something. I thought the jerseys were kind of like, I think that it looks really good, especially like at night and stuff. But I thought, especially seeing them like in the daytime last year, I was kind of like, uh, these aren't quite, they don't, they're not quite quite as strong as I thought they were, but still, still great.
1: All right. Or at least, you know, keep, you want to keep the Colorado colors or whatever, you know, put the, put the Aggie A in there or put the Ram logo somewhere, you know, just because a lot of people will tune in. They'll have no idea whether it could be CU, Colorado State, UNC, you know, so I wish they would have been a little more specific to to CSU. Um, But then my number one favorite is, is the orange Aggie uh, throwback, you know, they've, they brought that out, and that was kind of the first mock design helmet that you know, besides the traditional one, and and so that's always kind of been my favorite. I I think you know I've been a big 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 proponent of changing the colors back to uh, orange orange and green, and I think it just looks amazing, and uh, not only from a crowd standpoint but on the field. And so I love that green helmet with the orange bone horn.
0: I like it. I think the AG is probably probably my favorite. I really do like the just like the green pants with white Jersey green helmet look, which is pretty basic, but I just think it looks really clean.
1: And that's, you know, it's, it's kind of that old traditional mentality of Michigan and, and Alabama, you know, this is what we're known for. And this, what, you know, looks good. And this is what we've won with. And I can definitely appreciate that too. Like if we just need to go back to the entire traditional helmets, because that's when we were good, let's, let's do it, you know, but, we'll see kind of what this new coaching staff, I, I don't know if they're as up to date with the whole, you know, swag and whatnot, but I can't think of Boston college really having any.
0: They didn't really have any alternatives that I can think of. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, my guess is Adazio doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. Obviously they're going to have certain games are dictated for marketing purposes, but I imagine they'll probably just let it be up to the players as long as, you know, they're doing the right things yeah. and all that.
1: Yeah, I, you know, again, being a big, a big swag guy in helmets, like I, I would love them to keep adding one. And I know we still have one, if not two possible designs left with Under Armour. And, you know, so you've seen my collection. Um, I think it would be really cool to have like a military appreciation helmet where you take that Ram logo and fill it in with American flag. So I've done that one kind of include the stars and the stripes, um, Uh, NCAA probably would never allow it, but just to have an an old Aggie helmet, you know, because I think that's one of the best logos That old Aggie logo is just amazing. And a lot of people are like, well, it kind of looks like North Carolina, but you put side by side and it doesn't. Um, So I would be a big fan of that. And I know this is very kind of Baylor-esque, I guess you could say, but I think CSU needs to do a chrome helmet and just bring it for one game. Okay, I, I do green pants, green jersey, and, and have a matte green helmet. And have the the uh, whether you do bone horn or the filled in horn, have that be the chrome part. So then that horn just you know especially play it at night and have that chrome um, have the lights just bounce off that chrome. And on the jersey then where they have the bone horn, you could make that a, a chrome material as well. So then that just shines. I think that would I think that would look pretty cool.
0: That would be cool. I'd like to see him. I'm I'm not in my head. It would look cool. I'd have to see it like actually how it plays out. But I think if they did like a gray Jersey with green numbers and orange trim, it would look kind of cool,
1: but throwing the orange. I, I like that.
0: Yeah. I would have to see like how it actually looks, but in my head, it looks sick.
1: Right. Oh yeah. I've drawn up and designed plenty of them. And then like, when I go to kind of go to paint them and have my buddy help me, he's like, you yeah, this isn't, this isn't going to look good. Yeah, so look we scrap bad. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've scrapped plenty. So, but that's what, that's what makes it fun. All
0: right. We're going to wrap it up here. Cause we've been going on for a while, but the last thing I wanted to do before we let you hit the road, it's actually Lance's anniversary with his wife, Melissa today. <laughs> so congratulations oh, to them yes. and thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Um,
1: oh, my pleasure. She, she, this was my anniversary gift, I guess. She's like, okay, this is what, this is what you get. You get to go talk with your buddy, Justin, about your fancy CSU athletics and happy anniversary. So thank you for mentioning that.
0: Absolutely, buddy. Yeah. We're going to play a little over under game. I played this with Kevin Lytle a couple weeks back. Uh, I'm just going to shoot through these. You got to tell me you got to take the over under. If you want to, you know, say why after that's up to you, but. Five wins for the Rams in year one under Steve Adazio over under.
1: Oh, definitely over
0: going over feeling like they're making a bowl game.
1: Definitely a bowl game. I'm hoping it's not a six and six season. Cause that doesn't get, you know, the average fan excited. Um, I would take a six and six season just to go back to a bowl game, but, um, I- I'm really hoping eight and four.
0: I like it. 18 touchdown passes for Patrick O'Brien
1: over. I see him at 21.
0: Ooh, big numbers. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Eight touchdown receptions for Warren Jackson. That's what he had last year and he missed two games.
1: I got to go under and I think Warren receiving wise, uh, will have more yards and more catches. I just think when we get down into the red zone, I think, um, they'll double if not triple team them. And I think, I think the red zone this year is going to be, uh, it's going to be the house where Trey McBride dominates.
0: I was going to say, if you double him, then you just got Trey wide open, but you were thinking yep, the same yep. thing as me. 1,000 all-purpose yards, or no, excuse me, 1,200 all-purpose yards for Dante Wright. Cool. He had 1,019 yards from scrimmage last year for perspective.
1: I was going to say, I could see... I'm going to go over, because I think they use... I could see you know them handing the ball off to Dante a lot more. You know, not as like a, a traditional eye set back, but just the little sweeps and whatnot and just keep that running game going, especially if it's not working with the, the, the pounding the rock. So I will go over, especially with all the special team stuff as well.
0: One win versus Air Force, Boise, CU, and Wyoming. So out of those four games, over under one win.
1: I will say over, I think I've, i I think watch? you and I both agree. Oh no, <laughs> I think you and I both agree. See you. Um, and then I think, I think we'd probably both agree Wyoming. I mean, it's on Halloween it's in canvas. We haven't beat them. I think, uh, I think we're due. So They definitely do. I
0: I don't. I'm not that Wyoming team is going to be interesting because they just they played a lot of young guys last year. They're kind of like CSU. I actually think CSU and Wyoming could be kind of the the like sleepers that really disrupt things in the Mountain West with some of the bigger schools this year. I think it's going to just going to be pretty wide open in general with the conference. I think Boise is really talented, but I kind of think they're going to take just like a slight step back to reality. Air Force was really good last year. I'm not sure they're going to win quite as many games this year.
1: I would like to say, uh, like, I'd I'd like to say we beat CU, Wyoming and air force this year. So I'd say maybe the three out of the four, but the reason I don't say air force, I don't know if this coaching staff, I'm trying to think of, you know, like ACC, I guess Georgia tech. Um, but just running that option, like how much experience do they have against an option team? And are, and are they, I guess if they've played Navy probably recently, but yeah, that's that's my curiosity
0: with Navy here and there. That's yeah. yeah. That's one of the things I plan on going looking into before the season. There you uh, go. Seven hundred receiving yards for Trey McBride.
1: Over, I think. That's a lot um, for a tight end. Yeah, what do you have? Like five sixty last year, I think. Yep, exactly um, five sixty. <laughs> yeah, uh, he and especially too that all came with the last four or five games. He had you know some nice games. I think I think this is going to be a big year for him and I've noticed even kind of some of these guys who do you know NFL scouting um they're looking at the underclassmen right now the redshirt juniors and the juniors and his name's being thrown around as if he has another year just similar to last year not even better that he could come out early um and, and talking to Trey you know you will not you will not find a more personable humble team-oriented guy he loves to just freaking smack somebody down and put them on their ass as much as he does catching a touchdown and i think that's why he's so like kind of has a promising nfl you know future because oh, totally who doesn't want you know who doesn't want that tight end that not only will will catch and run after the catch and touchdown but also just drive a guy 10 yards out of bounds you know on an awesome block and so I think this is this is going to be his year, and I know he's really excited for uh, Coach Lynch. He's, he's told me that what he has in place, it's looking amazing, like they're really going to focus on him a lot, especially if Warren gets double teamed. Um, so I expect I expect him probably maybe even be like the offensive MVP uh, this year for the Rams.
0: The year of Trey McBride, I like it. I, I expect big things from Trey as well. Um, I'd actually really like to see them get Cam Butler more involved again. I think if he can stay healthy, I think he's very valuable. He's a great blocker. Uh, He's a lot more athletic than I think he gets credit for. Trey moves well, but so does Cam. I don't know. I just I'm a big tight end guy. If you can get them involved, I think they're just especially when you've got athletic ones like them. You know, they're they're just such a mismatch, and I think that's going to be a big advantage, especially if CSU's running a lot of stuff like out of the eye, running a lot of you know play action type stuff where you're getting O'Brien on the move a little bit. It'll be it'll be interesting. But the the last one I'm gonna ask you here is four home wins which is a tough one because they've got some winnable home games. There's obviously some pretty tough ones as well.
1: Right. Oh, uh, well, I might put it like right at four. Uh, Cause if you have a win against CU UNC, we play Fresno state at home. Um, and then Wyoming's at home. Jeez. I don't know if that's a tough one. Well, what's, what's your thoughts?
0: I think it's going to be under, unfortunately. I under. think they're going to go three and three. But it's all, it, you know, like you said, it, a lot of it's going to come down to that CU game and Wyoming. You know, how how do you do against your yeah. rivals?
1: Absolutely. And I think, again, hopefully, you know, as, as we all want things to improve, you know, in this world with the quarantine and whatnot and people to get healthy and back on their feet, like, let's just talk about 2020 being the year where, came the stadium and CSU fans and supporters really could have like a major impact on some of these games. And, you know, just to have a sold out stadium versus you and a sold out Halloween game, you know, against Wyoming, that just, that could do wonders. So I really hope, I hope that that can happen.
0: Well put my friend, well put Lance, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for, you know, always showing support. I appreciate you always sharing our content as well as some of the other cat guy, local guys, and, you know, thank you for taking some time on your anniversary to talk a little Rams with me.
1: Hey, my pleasure. Two things I love my wife and the CSU Rams. So, what better day to uh, to do both? And, and thank you for having me on and um, appreciate all the Ram fans that I interact with, you know, on Twitter and Facebook. And um, this, it's a great community. And so, I'll always be a Ram. So, thank you for having me on. La, 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 la,
0: la, 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 la,